Welcome back to part two of the message, God Finds the Patriot, Psalm 107, 23 through 32. Today, Pastor Tim asks the question, have you ever been at your wit's end? The Bible says that is a condition of this group of people. Listen as Pastor Tim shares the fourfold process of God's remedy. Here's Pastor Tim. And so that leads me then to this last phrase of verse number 27. Because now, whether you're a sailor or not, I bet you you can identify with the end of verse number 27. It says, they are at their wit's end. They're at their wit's end. I know some moms that are like that. I know some workers who are like that. I know some church members who are like that. They are at their wit's end. That means that they don't know what to do. They don't know how to help themselves, and there is nobody else around. As far as they know, there is nobody else around that can help them. They're at their wit's end. So what do you do? Well, thankfully, what we see these doing is what we've seen each one of those groups in trouble do each week. They cry out to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord for help. When there's no one else to look to, when there's no other source of aid, what do you do? You cry out to the Lord. So our first question was, who are these people? This second question is the more important question. What happens when they cry out to the Lord? What happens when the patriots, when the sailors, what happens when they cry out to the Lord? You've already noticed this, in, in, uh, this week and every week that there are a pair of verses that are repeated in each one of these sections. This morning, the one that we're looking at is verse number 28 and verse number 31. It's there that we get to learn what they did and how God responded in the midst of that. <laughs> Again, you can probably fill in your notes by this point because it's the same. What God has done for each one of those groups, even though it is particular to their situation, is how God continues to respond. And listen, before you even go on, before you start filling in your notes, if God is going to act that way, when these different groups, every one of them, time after time after time after time, when they cry out to the Lord, and we see God intervene, then guess what happens when you cry out to the Lord? God will intervene. God will intervene. Let's keep going. Let's look at them. This is the fourfold pattern that we've seen over these weeks. Number one, the patriots were grieved. The patriots were grieved. You know, I'm reminded in verse number 27 that they are at their wit's end. And yet in verse number 28, the verse begins, then. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. That's what they do. When they come to themselves, when they recognize their incredible danger, when they, when they, when they are aware of their unbelievable need, then... They cry out to the Lord. 
What will it take for you to be grieved over your sin, to be grieved over your circumstances? On a day like today, let me ask this question. What will it take for America to be so grieved over where we are politically, where we are socially, where we are culturally, where we are as a people so far removed from our heritage? What will it take to bring us to the point to where we are grieved? Will it take higher gas prices? Will it, will it take higher prices at the grocery store? Will, will it take uh, legislation that, that is unjust? Will, will it take justice not being served? What will it take before America finally wakes up and is grieved over their sin, grieved over their circumstances, grieved to the point that they will finally turn their eyes toward heaven and cry out to the Lord? What will it take? I'm afraid, really, to even answer that question. But these patriots have done what is only left to them to do. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble. Step two. The Lord was gracious. The Lord was gracious. Not only did the Lord hear their prayer, hear their cry, the Lord acted. And He acted in mercy. He acted in goodness. He acted in grace. Look at the end there of verse number 29, or 28, sorry. And he brings them out of their distresses. He brings them out of their distresses. I mean, think for a moment. Let's, let's go back to that illustration of the person who has been swept off board, swept into the ocean. And they're just floating out there all by themselves. Maybe rescue planes have come by. Maybe rescue ships have come by. But nobody has seen that person. They've not rescued them. They've not delivered them. They continue to just float, wondering how much longer they really have. When the Bible says that God delivers them out of all of their distresses, it means, number one, that He found them. He found them. Maybe you think that you are so far away from the Lord that He could never find you. That you've done something that is so horrific that He won't even bother to look for you. Can I share with you this good news today? God finds the patriot. God finds the person who is in trouble. The person who cries out to Him. First, the Lord finds them. Then the Lord helps them. He helps them. He pulls them out of all of their distresses. It's not just that one thing, is it? It's all the multiplied things that have happened that have gotten you into the situation where you find yourself. And the Bible says that He delivers them out of all of their distresses. How does He do that? 
Look at the next verse. Look, if you will, in verse number 30. Just like Jesus did with those disciples, God is able to calm the storm. He's able to steal the waves. Verse, verse 30, or I said 30, it's verse 29. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. Then... They are glad because they are quiet, because the waves are quiet. Isn't it amazing? I mean, they have cried out to the Lord and asked Him for deliverance. God, here is the storm. Please steal the storm. Maybe they even go back and say, you did it in Psalm 107. You did it in the Gospels. Steal my storm today. The Bible says He can do that. It says then that they are glad because He does that. Let's finish verse number 30. God goes way beyond what they've asked for. I mean, you can imagine. They're asking simply for deliverance from those immediate circumstances, aren't they? God does them better than that. In verse number 30, it says, Not only does He steal the waves and calm the storm, it says He guides them to their desired haven. In other words, God doesn't just straighten out your circumstances and now say, okay, now there you go. Now you can handle it by yourself. No, He doesn't do that. He sees you all the way through. What God has begun, He will complete until the day of Jesus Christ. If He has begun that work of deliverance in you, He will deliver you not just out of your circumstances and into some kind of vacuum. He delivers you out of those circumstances and to the desired haven, the desired place of rest, the place where you really want to be in the first place, to be with Him. That person who was shaken person who is shattered, God not only puts them back together, but He gently guides them. Man, I mean, it's, it's just like God, isn't it? To do way more than what we ever even asked Him or expected Him to do. It's a fourfold process. That's one and two. How about number three? Number three, the patriots were grateful. They were grateful. I mean, we got to see already in verse number 30 that they are glad. I mean, they're glad about that. And that's easy enough, isn't it? When you're taken out of your bad circumstances, to be glad, I mean, that's that's just kind of a given. But to be grateful means that I acknowledge that God has done something for me that I could not do for myself. God delivered me from a circumstance in which I was drowning. When I was lost... He found me. How can I not be grateful for that? Gratitude is the right response. I mean, this is is better than a red sky night sailor's delight. God becomes our great delight. You see that second verse there, the second repeated verse in verse number 31, when it begins, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness. We ask it, who who can affirm the truth that God is good? You know, you say, me, I, amen, whatever it is that you say. But turn around and say, thank you. 
Thank you to the Lord for all that he has done for you. I guess I guarantee you this, you'll be glad. <laughs> you'll be glad just like they were glad. There's a fourth step, a fourth part of this process, and that is the Lord was glorified. The Lord was glorified. I mean, boy, did they ever have a story to tell when they got to that harbor. You know, when God gently guided them right to that desired haven where they were supposed to be. Look at the verse number 31, the end of that verse. It says, not only do they give thanks to the Lord, but he says they give thanks for his wonderful works to the children of men. So when they arrive at port, They're able to go in and say, you won't believe what God did for us. I mean, there probably been plenty of times where they would go in and they would say, you won't believe what we saw out there. We saw a sarcastic fringe head. And they said, well, that ain't no big deal. There's one of them sitting right over there. No, no, we saw these incredible creatures. So you know they talked about those things. For them now to come in and say, you will not believe how God delivered us when we could not deliver ourselves. God gets glory for that, doesn't he? He sure does. Look at the last verse that's here, verse number 32. It says, let them exalt him, let them glorify him, right? Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people. Where is that? It's at church. It's at church. At church, we ought to be talking about what God has done for us. At church, we should be talking about how God has delivered us. At church, of all places, we should be exalting and glorifying the Lord for all the wonderful works that He's done on our behalf. Listen. There's a whole world out there that says, now that's just fine if y'all want to gather together at church and talk about those things, and that's okay. Well, we are going to gather at church, (laughs) and we are going to talk about these things. But it's not just there, is it? Look what he says, verse 32. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. Where is that? That's the public square. That's just out in public. That's going to the store, it's going to the market, it's going to school, it's going to work, it's being in the neighborhood. That's what that is. So it's anywhere and it's everywhere that I get to tell of the wonderful, wonderful works of God. What a great way to glorify Him. And out of all the things that we do on the 4th of July, not only should we thank Him, for the nation that he's given to us. But we should glorify him for his wonderful works on our behalf. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment? Let me ask you this. Do you know that you know that you belong to the Lord? I mean, do you really know? If you're giving your heart to Jesus, that's where you start. We've seen it so many times that he saves them from all of their distresses. He wants to save you. He wants to be your Savior. He wants to be your Lord. He wants to be your Master. He wants to be your boss. He wants the very best for your life. And it begins with you giving your heart to Jesus. Would you consider doing that today? 
Maybe you say, Tim, I've already done that. I've already done that, but I, I really feel like I'm more like some of these other people in these other groups. It's been my own backsliding. It's been my own sin. It's been my own choices that have led me away from the Lord. If you would return to Him, the Bible promises that He will turn to you. That if you would move in close toward Him, that He would come in close toward you. You may look at these verses and say, you know, no, I don't really match up with those other groups. I match up with this group today. I mean, I I, I feel like I am just where I'm supposed to be, and I'm doing just what I'm supposed to do, and it's terrifying. And I want God to deliver me from that. Let me ask you this. Do you want God to relieve you of your burden? Do you want God to take you out of the circumstance that you're in? If he chose to leave you right where you are, would you be satisfied knowing that he goes with you? That he walks with you? That he undergirds you? He strengthens you? He guides you to the desired haven? It would be enough, wouldn't it? Would you just tell him that today? God, no matter what happens... I trust you. On this 4th of July, maybe you want to plant your life in the life of our church. You make this your church home. Why not do that? If God's leading you, this is the place to be. Let me pray for us, and then I'm going to turn it over to Sean. Father, I ask that you would be honored and glorified. I pray that you would be exalted especially in this moment, as we consider whose we are, we consider the testimony that we leave behind. Father, we pray that you would find us where we are and that you would help us with what you want us to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's stand together and we'll turn it over to Sean. What a great message of the grace of God. Pastor Tim wants you to remember that God finds the person that cries out to him, and he helps them. God is able to calm the storm and still the waves of your life if you will just cry out to him. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.